Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month. And you know what that means. Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the studio with Sunny, and the two of them will be discussing about big life changes and transcending our upper limits. Curious? So am I. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your first Friday hosts, uh, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by... Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Woohoo! We're here. Well, the show is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW. And of course, Alessandra joins me on the first Friday of every month. Um, so the show's all about bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch us live, you can always access those show archives that are found at 1150kknw.com. I also have a page for the show on Facebook. And if you follow that page, then you will be able to see um, all of our upcoming guests each week. So you can be in the know. Um, And I want to just remind you guys about um, the website that I have set up for my book. If you would like to get a free copy Um, go to unhitchedbook.com. That's unhitchedbook.com. And uh, the book is for anyone who is feeling a bit stuck in their relationship, um, unfulfilled, unhappy, uh, it's unhealthy, or you're just really questioning things. So um, the book will meet you there and take you all the way through. If you decide that it's uh, you want to end the relationship, it will help you do that gracefully. So um, grab your free copy there. Um, and Alessandra, I've got a couple of other housekeeping things. Anything you want to throw in there right now before I do my turn? Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm just thinking, gosh, I'm so excited just to hear you talk about the book as being available, you know, just so available <laughs> and so real. It's so real. And I'm just so excited for you. Well, I, th- I appreciate that. I actually, um, if any, I think some people are friends with me on Facebook. And so you see, I've been really trying to post pictures like when I got my author copies in the mail and it is available for pre-order on Amazon like if you want the print copy and you want to pay for it (laughs) it's it's there waiting to be ordered and of course the copies won't come in until later into the winter but um, yeah, that was kind of a fun little milestone too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So you keep on going with your housekeeping. I'm okay, good. Cool. Okay. So, um, Benny, this will be the last week to announce it's the last the... day. Oh, today is the yeah, last day. I mean, officially, but I mean, oh, for the survey. Well, it's I the end it was... of the week. A lot of people over the weekend oh, yeah. may, you know, it's not the deal. but yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, so just don't forget because if, if you have not uh, completed your KKNW annual survey, mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple more days left on that. And remember, when you do the survey, you will be entered into uh, a drawing for round-trip passage on the Victoria Clipper to Victoria, B.C., plus a $100 gift certificate to Schwartz Brothers Restaurants. So that's a pretty nice incentive. Um, and also, as added incentive, it would just be uh, Benny and I sitting, and Alessandra, of course, too, um, saying, please fill out the survey because it really actually helps us as well. It helps the station figure out what you guys like and don't like and will help us tailor what we're doing and offering in the programming to what the listeners actually want. Um, anything else on that, Benny? Nope, got it covered. Okay, awesome. So just go to 
kknw.com and uh, click on the KKNW annual survey and you'll be good to go. Um, And then finally, um, tomorrow, I'm actually flying out just a little bit later today uh, for an event that I am co-hosting in um, the Bay Area with Sarah Landon. And Sarah is uh, a spiritual, intuitive, and channel. Um, She's been on the show many times. She is one of my favorite channels practicing today um, for that big, wonderful, broad, like, help humans out as the consciousness awakens time, um, time period. And she's just her messages that she brings through have been so incredibly transformative for my life. Um, It's one of those sources that I listen to on my emotional speed dial list when I'm having one of those days where my emotions, my vibrations feel a little bit heavy. Um, And so it's called the Wisdom Workshop. Um, We were inspired by Wayne Dyer's interview of Abraham and Esther Hicks and co-creating at its best. And this was several years ago. Um, So if you liked that format and you want to join us, even if you're not going to be in the Bay Area, we will be live streaming it. Um, and there's a little bit of a discount, I think, if you do the live stream. And if you can't be there live, uh, there will be a recording provided as well. So it's tomorrow, Saturday, November 3rd, um, from 12 to 4 p.m. to uh, either register for the live stream. Or if you're in the Bay Area and you want to come join us, um, go to sarahlandon.com. That's S-A-R-A-L-A-N-D-O-N. SarahLandon.com and just go to the little attend uh, link or uh, tab on her website and you'll see the live event schedule there and you can get all registered. So I hope you guys can join us. Okay, so that's my housekeeping. Alessandra, what have you got? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, things are pretty pretty laid back on my end right now. Um, cool. I I'm happy to be here with you too today. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We do have um, the December lady bosses meeting will be scheduled. It's the last um, meeting of the year. So if, um, if you are a female entrepreneur out there or even somebody who is daydreaming about business ownership, um, it's a really nice time to come together for an, I call it like non-networking networking networking event. Um, on, um, December 7th. Um, so there's still time. I know everybody's schedules get busy, um, in December, but that will be posted soon on the, um, seattleladybosses.com. Um, and you can always check out that website just to read what's going on, um, with that community. And then, um, you can always learn more about me at alessandraduke.com. Um, and that's about all I have to say right now. Awesome. Yes. And I feel like, uh, um, so you are in Bellingham. We're doing our little remote again today. Um, but I think you'll be back in Seattle for our December one, but okay. So you're in Bellingham. We're here in the studio, Benny. What about Benny? Benny, what do you have going on? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. Thanks. God, everybody's. I appreciate (laughs) it. Okay. Halloween was last week. Oh, Halloween was last week. I'm I'm sure you heard. Oh, now see now, now it speaks, you know. Benny won. Right I did. Yes. The, so for those who don't like look at the live cam ever and haven't been listening for a while. So I'm Hubbard Radio. Well, you guys go. <laughs> oh, no. There's really no human that's here. Not at it's all. just yeah. Sunny. There's nobody else. Yeah, that's, that's the secret is that Benny isn't real. <laughs> right? Oh, man, that would make me really sad. Oh, big heart. Big heart. But, 
But Benny, okay, so Hubbard Radio goes all out as far as the costumes go every year. Like, people really freaking dress up. And there's a costume contest every year. And Benny is like a regular winner. And Not he, really. This is my you, third time. But that's kind in of 16 a, years, that's pretty good. Yes. So he won again last week. I like you how you say that. You know, he won again. Well, you did. <laughs> like, there's no competition. <laughs> I saw some pretty good there's, competition around here last week. Yeah, there's plenty of competition. I was Larry Culpepper, uh, who is like, actually, it's a Dr. Pepper uh, icon and marketing campaign for a few years ago during the College Bowl World Seri- or Series and stuff like that. So I dressed up as that character. In fact, I was Larry Culpepper Jr. I was the son because the, the father, I guess the older guy, he has no beard and he's a little uh-huh. older. So I went with the younger version. Okay, yeah. okay. So I did my little shtick out there, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, cool." And so yeah, he had a whole tray of Dr. Peppers and everything. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cute. Is that where Dr. Pepper came from? Uh, no, it's from Waco, Waco, yeah. Texas. Is it? Oh, yep. Okay. Oh, well, Sunny had some knowledge there, dropping well, it. I know. Did you say I, no, Waco? <laughs> yeah, because I, well, being that I was born and raised in Texas, Dr. Pepper is served everywhere. Um, and I guess that's why, because it originated in Central Texas. Is it true that it was originally served warm? That I do not okay. know. Oh, no, I've I, heard that along with Coca-Cola. You know, it's like. Maybe it's just a Southern thing, mm. yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that, but. I did Sunny, have a lot of people upset the, with me. Oh, sorry. I love all the random knowledge that Sunny has. It's so great. <laughs> Spills over the plate <laughs> weekly. Yeah, I always say Sunny could pass whatever test that I have to take for licensure in my <laughs> profession. Sunny would pass because I, I, they could do better than me. She retains information. So absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. Oh my god! Right okay. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. How we ended up down in this rabbit hole? <laughs> this is what we do on Fridays. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my own advice, and I'm going to say instead of deflecting and pushing it away, I'm going to say. Thank you, Benny and Alessandra, for your confidence in my trivia knowledge. There we go. What a girl. <laughs> Woo! She did it. She graduated. Oh, All right. That graduated. was uncomfortable. Oh, I love that sound effect. That was, was perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. So moving right along. <laughs> okay. So it does seem fitting. So when Alessandra and I were talking about um. what we wanted to, to um, touch on today, I think it seems pretty obvious we've got some seasonal changes happening in Seattle and around the country. But I think we definitely have. I know, you know, I was listening. I was uh, looking on Facebook at one of my friends who lives in Georgia and they were like, what's the difference between fall and summer in Georgia? And it was like nothing. You still get to wear (laughs) flip flops. It's still 90 degrees. And that was the same in Texas, too. But anyway, we really experience a season change here. It shifts pretty dramatically. Um, and so what, with that comes a lot of other stuff. I know around our house by Chase gets, um, starts getting like, um, little, I don't know what, I don't want to say use PTSD lightly, but I mean, it's kind of like when you get these little hints of the coming winter and the coming dark and the coming rain, he gets a little like twitchy, like, Oh God, I don't think I can handle it. Um, and this is my sixth winter here. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of that, too. Now the winters, I'm beginning to notice a bit more. Um, so, yeah. Alessandra, you, you were actually the one who brought up this idea, and I think it's awesome. But tell me what's going on for you for seasonal changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that I get to not, you know, I get to do the great thing of not only experiencing my own 
changes or mood changes or things like that. But then all of that of my clients, right? So it's, it seems like there'll be this sudden shift where I will start feeling like, Oh, okay. I'm a little bit more, let's see, tired than usual, or all of a sudden feeling just a little bit more. I'm just, I'm really sensitive to the uh, seasonal change. So I'll just notice my mood will shift a little bit overall. And there's, there's not really something that you can pinpoint it to, you know, just like little subtle changes where I just feel a little off, even though everything around me is beautiful. I mean, falls here are so gorgeous. Um, and then, um, you know, then there'll be this kind of widespread sort of epidemic of everyone kind of feeling similarly, you know, in terms of my clients. And then I'll realize, oh, yes, because it's the season change, you know, because I'm looking around and thinking, oh, it's Halloween, it's fall, it's beautiful. Like, what is wrong with all of us? And I think that it's just a big period of adjustment. And particularly, you know, in the Northwest, like once I think people know that that rainy season starts and is going to be here for the next several months Mm -hmm. that I think for some people that can feel, you know, just really overwhelming. What do you tell the the clients that you have that are experiencing it in big ways? Um, Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? I mean, we talk about things like, um, almost putting together, um, what I would say, you know, like you said, I don't want to refer to PTSD lightly. Right. But it's, it's like, I'll put together something like a safety plan, which we would do if somebody, you know, had fallen into some kind of depression or was feeling, um, you know, maybe did some things that were either self-sabotaging or self-harming in some way, right. Is like putting together an emergency safety plan and making sure that there are lots of, um, lots of things around to sort of lean in on when, when you start feeling just kind of the blues. So we, we'll talk about, um, you know, depending on the person, if they want to be getting, have those light boxes around, right. Or Mm -hmm. what can you do if you're wanting warmth, maybe it's like you're going into, you know, um, I know that there's probably a lot of people who are not proponents of tanning booths, but in small doses, they can be really helpful for moods, you know, just to go in and warm up a bit, you know, or maybe taking on a short-term membership at a gym to do just their sauna or, um, or their, you know, their hot tub or something just to kind of warm up, um, and making sure that they've got, you know, they've got supportive, they know who their supportive people are and, can contact them and just like paying attention to, okay, I get uncomfortable. That's okay. So then how, what are all of my comforts and outlining those and having kind of a safety plan? Okay. So what am I seeking right now? Is it comfort? Am I feeling sadness? Am I feeling what? And then having a list under each of those categories for when I'm feeling these different things of, um, things I can do. Yes. And it also makes me think about, you know, we get, I didn't ever experience this. I I know because of, you know, how far South Texas is versus how far North Seattle and Washington are. Um, The, the shortness of the days, like the long days in summer, we have a lot longer days in summer and we Mm -hmm. have a lot shorter days in winter than other parts of the country. And I felt so much uh, relief because, um, so my doctor here is a functional medicine doctor, um, so a very holistic approach. And 
Um, I guess, you know, when humans were not on the schedule that we are now with work, with electricity to keep us awake, uh, you know, even after it's dark for hours. But she was talking about how, you know, when humans actually lived by the cycles of the um, the cycles of the seasons, the cycles mm-hmm. of the day, sunshine versus moon times, um, that we actually were a lot more, um, I guess, slow. We lived a lot slower during the winter time. And so she mm-hmm. said, this is my whole point in bringing this up, um, that during the summertime, she gets up, um, you know, around 4.30 or 5, because as you know, here in Washington, it actually is light outside, you know, yeah. 4 a.m. during the summer. Um, and then during the winter, she doesn't get up until 7 a.m. because it's still dark here at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I just love that permission to be able to actually let my body do what the season is kind of urging it to do, what I feel called to do, which is kind of nestle up with a blanket and a warm fire and be cozy and be a little more uh, mm-hmm. withdrawn into my home during those dark times. Um, and I'm curious, do you, does your schedule change, Alessandra, when it's the seasons shift around here? Yeah, I think, you know, it does a little because, um, because yes, the, the, this kind of season is calling us in, right? Like it is calling us to hibernate. If we look at, we look at animals are getting themselves situated, they're flying off, they're starting to collect all of their things so that they can go in. And this is about, it, it goes against our natural nature. Um, you know, especially when we think about the holidays coming up and, people start making their plans, they're working against themselves a little bit. I'll get back to myself in just a second, but thinking about the ways that you work against yourself where our, you know, our inner world, our natural way of being calls us to go inside and get cozy while there are holidays and the frenetic pace of all of that. And I need to visit eight different families and do all of this shopping and elbow my way into crowds. You know, it, we're kind of working, we're working against what's natural. Um, and I think that that's really hard for people to, to really tune into. Um, and you know, for me, I, you know, I will do shifts like, you know, let's say there was, um, I haven't been doing anything lately, but sometimes when the weather is better, I will do say an outdoor boot camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the expectation for myself used to be that I would continue to, to do that or to work out at that pace. And it's not something that I make myself do anymore. I mean, it looks totally different, you know, in the winter time, that's when I go within, that's when I slow down. Maybe it's a regular yoga practice or something like that, rather than, the intense rigor of, you know, summer months or something like that. Um, or I will, um, I'll change my, I end a little bit earlier with clients. So, um, I generally will hold some evening hours, you know, because people work and so wanting to meet them where they're at, but I end about at least 45 minutes or an hour earlier over the winter hours. And, and for a little while I, I, I was curious, like, huh, I wonder why, if I'm just getting too tired or what am I doing? But I realized like, it just feels so against my nature to just keep, you know, keep working and keep staying in an office when it's just, it's so dark outside and getting so cold and rainy. So that's a big adjustment that I've done. That's really helped me. 
Yeah, and I like I just like talking about that with other people because I feel like sometimes I have a hard time giving myself the permission if I don't know that yeah. I have a little bit of support from others who are doing the same. So I just mm. would encourage anybody else out there, especially because I know a lot of our listening audiences in Seattle, to really respect what your body wants to do because our bodies are pretty wise. I think they know what we need. And so being able to honor that during the fall um, sounds kind of amazing to me. And I'm going to, um, of course, we're still, you know, we're evaluating how to get best get down to Petaluma. Um, And so this is, there was a time when I thought maybe we'd already be there by now. Um, And we're not. And so I'm wondering, I have no idea how much of this winter we're going to be spending here um, until we get our things together, (laughs) get down there. Um, Mm. But while we're here, I actually kind of want to relish how um, cozy a fall and winter can be in Seattle if you allow it to be instead of being just too scared. I know by February, everybody's ready to put a fork in their eye, but (laughs) (laughs) well, something I really like, I love that idea of like a challenge to relish it, right. Rather than dread it. That comes up for a lot of people. And, um, and I think like thinking about ways that you can really break that up. Right. So maybe it is, you know, you go and you're staying in Petaluma or somewhere warm, you know, in Mm -hmm. by January or February so that, you know, I mean, that's something that I fully intend to do this year. And every year I say, you know, by, by February, I I just feel like I want to rip my eyes out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so every year I say, I'm, I'm going to, you know, go stay somewhere warm. I just got to get out. I'm going to leave for a month. And I thought, well, even, you know, that hasn't happened. And, um, and I thought, well, maybe this year, even if I just leave for a week or a long weekend, you know, just to break it up a little bit and to like go warm up. I think our spirits yeah. need that after so much dark and rain. But yeah. I love your challenge to, to relish. Yeah, well, I'm going to do my best. I mean, check back with me if we're still here in February and we'll see yeah. how excited I am about my challenge. But yeah. You did mention something else, Alessandra, that I wanted to touch on because it feels like, um, you know, oh, goodness, Thanksgiving is still weeks away. But um, we're getting into the time of year where there are a lot of holiday obligations. I say obligations. It depends on if you obligate yourself, I guess. But a lot of expectations. How about that? People have expectations about how you need to show up and where you need to be and when. And um, I actually, I'm, I've hit another point. I did this to myself again. Overcommitted myself. Too many lunches, too many coffees, too many just stretching mm-hmm. myself too thin, spreading myself too thin, and yeah. feeling really resentful. Like, I cannot drive to another area of the city for one more of these <laughs> dates and of course I enjoy I wouldn't be hanging out with the people if I did not enjoy them but it's just I have just it's too much and I am not going to do that over the holidays and so um, I'm committing on air here to everybody listening and myself and Alessandra and Benny Mm -hmm. now it's back in here um, that I am not going to I'm going to limit myself to say one or two social obligations a week that sound joyful to me that aren't I say obligation, but that sound good to me and are like a full body. Yes. But I'm going to say no to a lot of things because I'm tired (laughs) of feeling stretched too thin. So what do you tell people, your clients about how to say no? Because I'm telling you, I'm not, I don't think, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) most of my family's in Texas and traveling during the holidays is just, 
oh, I want to be able to relax, you know. And so I, I may not be making as many long trips, you know, for all of the holidays for mm-hmm. to be able to see everybody. And that's okay. I mean, there may be some disappointment, but I, at some point I got to use some of the days that we have to yeah, be with family and or to be to be restful and to be here and to just celebrate a holiday in a way that feels not like I'm Oh, like on a hamster wheel, you know? Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting? I mean, that we, we are so often willing to spend holidays, like a time, a time that is, you know, I guess supposed to be joyful, relaxing, connective, celebratory, all of these wonderful things. We sort of we like shape shift them and shove them into being something that doesn't feel like any of those things, you know, all in the name of this is supposed to be a holiday and we're all supposed to be together. And it becomes this very stressful experience that is, I think the antithesis of what it is all supposed to be about. Right. Like, um, people singing things like silent night. And it's like, this night is not silent. Uh, This is not a silent night. I do not feel peaceful. Um, and so I just think, um, I, I, I think it's just an interesting phenomenon that we, um, I think we as a culture insist that we all gather during those times. And, you know, I, I really encourage people to think about if, if this is causing a lot of, um, stress or emotional damage to you in some way that you can get together with family and loved ones any time of the year, really, like it doesn't have to only be at the most expensive peak time of the entire year that is the most stressful, you know? And so I even wonder about people making compromises with family in that way um, and making, you know, Thanksgiving in February or whatever it is um, and having some more, um, I don't know, some, some courage to have some conversations of, you know, especially with family, I love you. I want to see you. Can we, can we select a date that would feel a little bit more peaceful in terms of travel, you know? Um, and if that doesn't feel like that is going to work and you've just got too many obligations, I think that it's just checking in with yourself and doing like you're doing Sunny, where it's like tuning in there, there are things you can clear off your plate in terms of, um, how many coffees you're having lunches with people, you know, rushing around the city and taking off what is no longer, what's not absolutely necessary. I think that this kind of season calls, I mean, for us to be hibernating a bit more, we've maybe got a little bit less energy to spare. So it's like, what can I do away with what is not absolutely necessary right now? Yeah. And I want to say, I will share a story that um, a friend of mine who is, um, I consider her a pretty evolved spiritual person, you know, so you'd think the patience, the resilience is pretty high. But I heard her talking the other day about how um, that she, her family um, has very different, several people in her family have very different values than she does. And so there was always this arrangement about when certain holidays would come around she would stay with this particular family member and they would do these particular things. And she was talking about how those no longer worked for her, like staying in this person's house 
mm-hmm. was not, it was like an energetic mismatch for her. It was draining. It was stressful. And it was not enjoyable. And doing certain of these activities that they used to do were not working for her anymore. And so she actually made a change and said, I will be staying in a very polite, constructive way, kind, loving, compassionate. But she just said, mm-hmm. I'll be staying, going to get my own little Airbnb. I'll see you for this lunch or this other thing. But I'm not, this tradition is no longer working for me. And I yes. think, yeah, I just got so much um, inspiration from that because mm-hmm. I think that I, some of the people that we feel the most obligated to spend time with, you know, blood relatives, for some reason we have a history of uh, that, that you must be with this uncle and this aunt and this cousin for it to be Christmas. And I just, I'm sorry, I'm not buying into that anymore. I think, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. oftentimes the family that we choose is the family that, um, the, the, the people that we choose to spend our time with can be, and our soul family is where it's, you know, that, that's who we can spend time with. I guess I'm saying all this. When you were talking about obligations around the holidays, and I just wanted to, for anyone out there who feels like their biological family is kind of a mismatch for them, there are ways where you don't have to do things the exact same way that they've always been done, and it's okay. There's doesn't mean you're a bad family member. It doesn't mean you don't love your family. It means that you are allowed as a sovereign being to set boundaries that work for you around the holidays, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. So mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that. And I think that those, those, you know, even in talking with clients, those kinds of suggestions, they think like, oh, no, you know, I could never, I could never go stay at an Airbnb. You know, my mom would be so upset or, you know, whatever it is. And I think like, yeah. And that's, that's like people, people are allowed to get disappointed, right? If you're not doing things exactly as you've always done in the ways that they want you to do them, they will probably express disappointment. Right. And like holding that, like, even that's okay. Disappointment comes when we are acting from a place of authenticity, people will be disappointed. And that that's okay. And so I think that even getting through, you know, getting through that first year where maybe the disappointment feels a little bit more palpable because you're staying at the Airbnb or you're Mm -hmm. doing things a little bit different can set a new, a new, um, sort of way of being, you know, for years to come where that becomes less and less disappointing over time and more just like, Oh, this is what this person does when they come and visit and that's okay. And then then maybe visiting family or seeing that uncle and aunt or whoever doesn't, doesn't have to feel as taxing because you're creating it. You're making it into something that you can tolerate a little bit better, you know? Yeah. And like, and I, I do a lot of like, um, visualization exercises in prepping clients, like, cause most, most of our family concerns or people that we visit with over the holidays or feel obligation with, um, that cause a lot of stress, they're pretty predictable and consistent, right? right? <laughs> the, the sort of crazy making comes from expecting that things are somehow going to be different or feel better and then going into the situation and having them all be the same, right? But really you could have predicted it. You could have predicted that 
your mom was going to say that negative comment or your dad was going to say that criticism and your uncle, whoever is going to argue about politics. Like you can, you can chart the course, like you're watching a movie, right? right? You forget to treat it that way. And really, if you can take some time and visualize all of these scenarios, you can decide in each of these moments, what would feel best for you? You know? So let's say if I, am I, if I'm staying at an Airbnb, that might that might help out a lot. And then also maybe it's every time that somebody starts talking about politics, I remove myself from the table and go spend a lot of time washing my hands and meditating in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that, but where you're, you're sort of rehearsing it ahead of time. Yes. I love that. I always tell clients have your, whatever it is that's important to you, whatever it is, have it locked and loaded, practice yes. it in the mirror. Practice it with a friend. Like it really does make a difference to be able to say, no, mom, I'm not going to go to that particular dinner with the family. Like (laughs) practice it (laughs) over and over and over until you know you can say it, even if the situation is stressful and and, uh, yeah, some unpredictable stuff comes up. But yeah, we're uh, we're right at break time, Alessandra. I'm going to see, I'm going to check with Benny to see if I have time to go get a little drink in between. Um, So you're listening to Sunny in Seattle. It's first Friday with co-host. If you need it. Okay. Dr. (laughs) Alessandra Duke. Well, I didn't get any because I kind of scooted in here a little bit quickly this morning. Um, Yeah. So first Friday on Sunny in Seattle with Dr. Alessandra Duke and me, Sunny Joy. And uh, we'll be back to continue the conversation. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hey, Sunny and Seattle friends. My most frequent return guest to the show has been spiritual teacher Sarah Landon, who channels for The Council. There are few teachings that have been as transformational and inspiring for me as The Council's have been. And now Sarah and I have decided to team up and do a live event to bring you all even more goodness from The Council. Inspired by Co-Creating at Its Best, where Wayne Dyer interviewed Esther Hicks and Abraham, I will be interviewing Sarah Landon and the council in The Wisdom Workshop, scheduled for Saturday, November 3rd from 12 to 4 p.m. in the San Francisco Bay Area at Unity of Walnut Creek Spiritual Center. We'll be asking the big questions we are all seeking to have answered in our lives. Plus, you will have the opportunity to ask your very own questions live to the council during a special interactive audience Q&A portion of the event. And if you can't make it in person, we will be live streaming everything. For further details and registration, just visit sarahlandon.com. That's sarahlandon.com under the tab that says attend. Hope to see you there. When you look at me, you might see my tremor, my lack of facial expression, a person with Parkinson's disease. But you may not see that I have trouble sleeping, that no two treatment plans are the same. I was diagnosed at 65, 37, earlier than most. But if you look closer, you'll see a warrior mom, an endurance athlete, someone who is still dancing, someone with a lot of fight. Every nine minutes, someone is diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And every one of them can turn to the American Parkinson Disease Association for education, for community, for support. Look closer. And you'll see my resolve, my determination, my spirit is unshakable. Visit APDAParkinson.org to learn more and show your support today. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? 
you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts today, Sunny Joy, joined by... Alessandra Duke. Yeah, so any, what do we want to say to wrap up on the seasonal changes and handling the holidays and family? Well, I think just as an overview to, to like challenge listeners to look within and um, figure out what do I need right now as the season change is happening? What would feel good for me? What would feel restful for me? Is there anything that I need to shift in terms of work hours or working out or how I'm eating or whatever to help me feel a little bit more comforted and good this season? And also, how can I visualize what's about to happen with my family and the holidays (laughs) and pre-prep for that? Right. Okay. I like that. Yes. And feeling permission granted for um, doing things the way that feels aligned for you and not having to obligate yourself to what others expect necessarily. I know there's a happy medium in there, but mm-hmm. just making sure that you're included in the, in the decision and how it's handled. Yes. Uh, um, okay. So shifting gears a little bit, we had a couple of other things that we wanted to talk about. And one of them that you asked me over the break, I don't mind sharing about this at all. So we've talked about, um, upper limiting before. Um, this is a, a concept from Dr. Gay Hendricks. Um, he wrote, uh, the big leap about the upper limit problem and um, how to transcend it. And so basically, just as a little bit of, uh, to preface this, uh, when you are upper limiting, it's, well, so let me back up. When we're younger, we usually have a bit of a, a threshold that's set um, about how much abundance, success, and love we are willing to tolerate or what we think we're allowed to have. And so it could be Um, from, you know, in childhood, you're told not to outshine your brother or sister. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're told not to get too big for your britches. You're told for whatever reason that you're just unworthy and not, um, you know, not worth it, basically. Um, So however you picked it up, uh, whether it was taught or caught or explicit or implicit, whatever, we pick up these signals. And so then we hit adulthood. And so we start expanding. Um, ideally, you know, doing things, work that we feel called to do, pursuing interests. But when we start to grow and get a little bit bigger, sometimes we will self-sabotage or kick ourselves back down to this original thermostat setting that was a little bit lower. So, for example, um, you're on your way to the meeting where you're going to get a big 
uh, you're getting reviewed for a big promotion and you get an offender bender. Uh, you're about to make the big presentation that will secure you this big deal and you uh, get laryngitis that day. Um, or the, the other example that's very commonly used are lottery winners. You know, they um, are given this huge sum of money and you look at the statistics and many of them are back down to the original uh, net worth or lower than that within a very short period of time. So basically, we, if we are not conscious about unwinding that subconscious programming um, that tells us we're not worthy or not good enough or we shouldn't be expanding the way that we are, if we're not tr- consciously transcending that, we can often um, self-sabotage and keep ourselves pretty small. And so Gay Hendricks talks about the ultimate success mantra that he uses that helps reprogram the subconscious and expand our being, and it, I'll just tell it to you guys now in case you are interested. All of this is in the book, The Big Leap. But um, the quote or the mantra is, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. And he actually just changed it. He tweaked it for his most recent book, The Joy of Genius. He was on here a couple weeks ago. And now he says, I expand in um abundance, creativity, and love as I inspire those around me to do the same. Um, So in any event, that's the concept behind it. So what I was telling Alessandra was that um, not too long ago, um, well, I just noticed that I have been doing a little bit of self-sabotaging myself. Um, So the last several years, I've been spent really trying to grow my coaching practice, um, writing the book, and really wanting to be able to help more people um, with my message and with my my services. And so that's put me um, in some spaces where I can expand. Like I have opportunities that after a lot of hard work are finally coming to fruition. And so one of those, um, I went to this media conference in New York several weeks ago. You guys might remember. I think I mentioned it on here. Um, and it was a neat opportunity to get to learn how to use media and publicity um, to reach more people. And there were also opportunities to meet folks. You know, New York is one of the biggest media cities in the world. Um, So it was a neat opportunity to get to meet um, some agents, some producers, some editors, those kind of things to be able to use uh, TV or print or other avenues in the media, you know, to get your message out. Okay. So I there's this one particular magazine that I really enjoy, and I'm not going to say what it is until I get that this piece comes out. But um, it's a it's a magazine that I really enjoy. It aligns perfectly with my values. Their mission is very similar to my mission, and I had the opportunity to meet the editor in chief at this uh, uh, conference. And it was the one thing that I'd written down that I really wanted to do was meet this particular person and. So um, we had a really nice meeting and some follow-up, and I I got an email from her, um, and she invited me to submit a piece for one of their upcoming issues. And oh my gosh, I mean, I was doing cartwheels in the house. I was so excited. And so I noticed that this email comes in, and I am not, I don't, there's no three-day rule here. I'm not trying to play it cool. Like, I am really, really excited about this, and I don't care. Um, I, if, if, I wanted to respond like the minute that I received it, it just with like exclamation points and smiley faces and just go all out. However, I noticed Alessandra that I did not respond to her email for over 24 hours. Now I responded like Mm -hmm. 26 hours or something. 
that's totally appropriate for an email response. I know, you know, etic- whatever email etiquette that I was taught at the law firm, you know, 24 to 48 hours, although I think that's shortened up quite a bit these days. But in any event, I just noticed that I kept putting off responding, like agreeing and saying, yes, I will submit something by this deadline for review and editing. And, and I really, when I, when I sat with it, I thought I have some big fears that are coming up that what I submit will not be good enough. What if they reject it? What if this was my, my um, big opportunity and I ruin it because my writing sucks? Like I, just all that stuff was going through my head. <laughs> And so I just noticed that it took me a little while to get back to her um, compared to how I was feeling on the inside, how excited. And it reminded me of someone else that I'd met at the media conference who was also there as a more of a student like I was. And uh, she was saying that she had done the same thing. Like she had agreed to respond to this one person who it was a great opportunity. And the deadline went by and she hadn't responded. She was like, what is happening? Why am I not responding? And so she got her husband, her husband, like her accountability partner. And she said, I want you to like physically hold me in the chair so that I get this done by 5 p.m. today because I keep putting it off because fear was coming up. So anyway, that's what I noticed. So I just wanted to share that because if anybody else is out there and listening and you've got something like that, too, where it's an opportunity Someone, maybe it's just a connection you made at a at an event or something. I've had this happen too, where it's somewhere that I think really um, I might collaborate well with, or they there might be opportunities for us to support each other. And then I never follow up on it. And some of it I think is because of fear, like I won't be good enough for whatever this thing is that I envision us doing. Um, so if you are out there and you have like, oh goodness, I recognize I've done this in the last week or last month, or I have something sitting in my inbox awaiting a response right now that I haven't. Um, Yeah, see if you can get yourself a little bit of accountability around it, or think of a really nice treat that you'll give yourself when you do respond to it, and just get it done, Um, and it'll feel so good. And that's how the universe can step in and keep leading you forward with more breadcrumbs. This is how the manifesting actually happens. So anyway, that was that story, Alessandra. Well, I I love that you shared that. Thank you. And I think that that's, that's so, what an exciting offer. And I just so know that there have been times in my life where something similar has occurred. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm prioritizing or, you know, a bunch of other things ahead of it or do it. I don't know, just doing little things like not, not answering. Right. Yeah. And having to like put my sit down and just answer them, like give them an answer. Yeah. Um, so I think that those, you know, that those fears are, you know, those fears are real and valid and need some time and attention and then need to be told like, okay, I, I don't need you here right now, right? Those fears are trying to trying to protect you yeah. and take care of you and not let you fall on your face and um and and you don't need them. So I'm curious, did you did you answer? Oh yes, I did. It I okay. you know, the email came in and I mean, I was so excited and I watched it. I I have like a certain organizational system that I use with uh, like I have levels of organizations so that I don't forget things. And one of the like double layers of 
not forgetting that I use is I will leave the email open and minimized so that and I keep like two or three going at any given time. Mm -hmm. Those are that's like if I have forgotten by the flag in the inbox, then the open email will remind me in the little minimize section. Anyway, so I just watched it sit there minimized for like 24 hours. And I thought, what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. Sunny, just respond to her. My gosh, she's like waiting for an answer. Are you going to submit by this deadline? And yeah, I just watched it. And then I watched myself and I knew exactly what was happening. And if I could tell what was happening and I just kept thinking, upper limiting, upper limiting, Sunny, uh, you're upper limiting. Like, how are you going to expand if you don't respond to this email? Yes. <laughs> so. Well, and how do you think, I mean, for people who are listening, if, you know, because sometimes people will take that like non-response or that they haven't, you know, they haven't answered as like, oh, is it a sign, you know, that I don't want to do this or something. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, how do you distinguish between it being some kind of sign and I, and an upper limit, right? Like that is it? Do you know what I mean? Like how, yeah, how do you yeah. fit distinguishment between, you know, am I upper limiting myself or is this like an indication that this isn't truly what I want to do? Cause I think that people get really confused about that. Yeah. And I think that's such a good question. I have people in my office all the time. We talk about this a lot because, um, you know, we use the body compass, um, and basically, you know, when things feel light and expansive in the body, when you envision being with a person, being in a place, doing a certain thing, and you feel light and expansive in your body, that's normally, you know, shackles off going towards your right life. On the flip side, when something like you envision being with someone, being somewhere, doing something, and you feel like that heaviness, that constriction in the body, that is shackles on leading you away from your right life. Okay. So mm -hmm. then you have people, and I talk about this a lot, I experience this a lot myself, um, I'm saying in my practice, um, for myself and with clients, that something new and big is coming up. Like you've been asked to speak on the TED stage, for example. Mm -hmm. There's going to be probably like a little bit of a grip because you, there's fear around um, just public speaking is one of the biggest fears that humans have, yet you know it's something you want to do. Um, and so the analogy... It's sometimes, sometimes people, I'll have clients say, that feels shackles onto me, but it's mm -hmm. not the act of doing it. It's the fear that you have ahead of it. It's the fear about certain elements of it, but the act itself is something that you know you absolutely want to do and must do. It's a part of your growth and evolution, but it, sometimes it, people can get a little confused because they're like, well, it feels shackles on to think about standing in front of a thousand people speaking. Yeah. So the analogy, this is an analogy I learned in coach training that I often share with clients is picture standing on a high dive. And so version one is it's a hot summer day. Uh, everything is safe about the pool. There is crisp, clear, cool water below you. And you've got a few butterflies just because <laughs> you're on the high dive. Like it's a little bit bigger drop versus little version two being on the high dive and looking down and seeing toxic sludge full of pollutants and chemicals below you and you can't see the bottom and you know there's a lot of creepy, crawly, scary things in it. Like, is, is the feeling that you have being on the high dive with totally, ex not acceptable, but totally uh, expected butterflies of anticipation or is it being on the high dive and you've got 
the butterflies from being up there. And you know when you hit the water it, or the toxic sludge, it's going to not be fun. So, yeah. yeah. So I looked at this, and this is like being on the high dive. Yeah, I got some butterflies of nervousness about submitting a good article that will be pleasing. Um, but I know that once I jump, it's going to be the nice, crisp, clear water, not the toxic sledge, because this is a this is a step that I've wanted to take for a long time was submitting writing for publication. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, and I love that that um, that thought about the high dive, you know, I think that that even just gets, gets to it even more clearly, you know, cause yeah. even if we're saying that I could feel my feet lifting off the floor when I'm thinking about the sludge, like, Oh, right, no, yeah. I don't do that at all. You know, and that's a much different feeling than just like, this is, this is scary, you know, but like, it's kind of exciting and kind of enticing. So I think that that's a really great um, exercise for people to think about. Yeah, exactly. Because I know, especially I think about, you know, building a, a, a therapy practice or building a coaching practice. And one of the steps that I have had to do over the last couple of years is actually go meet new people, be able to tell them what I do and actually ask, hey, do you know anyone who might like a copy of my book? Do you know anyone who might like to participate in this new program I have? And I will tell you, I see so many entrepreneurs stopping there. Like they say, oh, well, marketing feels shackles on to me. I get mm -hmm. that. But um, it's kind of one of those things where sometimes we've got to step through the, the fear part of it, you know, get onto the high dive and make the leap and just know that once you get those clients coming in, for example, it's going to feel like the crisp, clear water. Um, yes. So, yeah, so not stopping just because you have some fear around something and it, it's an initial shackles on response. Look a little bit deeper and see, like, is this the, is this the pool you want to be jumping into? And if it is, you might have to jump off the high dive. Yes. Anyway. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my I love gosh. It. It's 9.57. How did this happen? I know. <laughs> I know. I like, It's time already. Okay. Well, okay. So yeah, we're right at time. Okay. So um, Alessandra, why don't you give your call sign or your website or whatever you want to say, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for a wonderful first Friday. I'm excited to be in the studio with you in December. Yay. If people want to um, just learn more about me or my work, you can go to alessandraduke.com. Um, you can also check me out um, and at seattleladybosses.com where we've got um, a group for women entrepreneurs and um, side hustlers, business owners. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, I'm Sunny Joy and joined by... Alessandra Duke saying goodbye. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>